The tour content from now through Lagwa Omer has been generously sponsored by Malki M. Thank you, Malki. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shiurim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and gain access to additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishneweis.substack.com and signing up today. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's reading is from the conclusion of letter number seven, of Seneca's letter number seven. And I guess I've never, I don't recall if I've talked about how he concludes his letters, but uh, as we know, he's writing to Lucilius, his uh, student slash Chavrusa. And um, the, each letter tends to focus on one topic, but then at the end, he has this thing that he calls a uh, paying off his debt, uh, which is he he says he owes Lucilius a quotation. And usually it's a quotation from from uh, a philosopher from what he calls the enemy camp, uh, namely the uh, the uh, the Epicureans and the atomists and the cynics, uh, who I guess in some ways were ideological opponents of Stoicism uh, or antitheses. Uh, I don't really know enough about those philosophies to say. So he's always quoting. He picks good quotations from his enemies uh, and uh, and then use that to pay his debt. So uh, so this uh, is from the letter entitled "On Crowds," but uh, this final conclusion doesn't have anything to do with the main idea of the letter. I don't think. So here's what he says. In order, however, that I may not today have learned exclusively for myself, I shall share with you these three excellent sayings of the same general purport which have come to my attention. This letter will give you one of them as payment of my debt. The other two you may accept as a contribution in advance. Uh, Democritus says, one man means as much to me as a multitude, and a multitude only as much as one man. The following also was nobly spoken by someone or other, for it is doubtful who the author was. When asked what the object of all the trouble he took over a piece of craftsmanship when it would never reach more than a very few people, he replied, a few is enough for me, so is one, so is none. The third saying, and a noteworthy one too, is by Epicurus, written to one of the partners of his studies. I write this not for the many, but for you. Each of us is enough of an audience for the other. Okay, so I originally wasn't going to record this. Uh, this is Wednesday night that I'm recording it on. I originally was not planning on recording this. I was going to do something else. But um, I find myself tonight in a kind of a raw emotional state for a number of reasons. Uh, but two of them I wanted to talk to uh, talk about. Um, one of them is the fact that I had a great Purim. <laughs> um, this Purim in many ways felt like the first glimmers of a return to normalcy. And uh, part of what made this Purim great, I mean, part of it was was seeing, you know, I went over to uh, my my friend's houses who have also been vaccinated. Uh, and that was just a wonderful relief of, of, of normalcy. But then the other thing was I, for the first time this year, really, I got to spend time with my my Talmidim, with my students outside of the context of Shear. I mean, we've had no social, uh, you know, no social events, no, no nothing, just you know, go into, I mean, thankfully, thankfully I've been able to teach in yeshiva, you know, um, socially distanced and masked, but like we've had no real time to spend with our Talmudim, any of us. And this is the first time I really got a chance to spend time with my Talmudim outside of Shear. And it was just wonderful. And, and I had them over for learning. They stayed for Shabbos for the first time. I had them over for learning uh, at my, you know, at my house and, uh, and, and had, uh, you know, had them over for lunch. And um, it was just great. And so, uh, you know, that was one thing. So I, I was, I was kind of like riding, uh, on, on that, that joy from Purim. Um, and it was also kind of like this, you know, this, I'm sure we, we all experienced this in some way or another, this full circle joy of 
the day after, at least in New York, the day after Purim was when things shut down and when the seriousness of COVID became apparent. And so, uh, I mean, it's, uh, Jewishly speaking, it's been, it was, it was a year, you know, and, and all of those feelings of like, we've come full circle and like the feelings of what it was like the week after Purim last year. Okay. So that, that, that's, that was one thing that, that had me in a, a positive emotional state. Okay. Uh, and on a, you know, a, a sort of a jubilant note, um, the next thing, which is not, not, I wouldn't call it negative, but I got an, a strange email today. And what made it strange is it was an email from myself from a year ago, which I had forgotten that I scheduled. And it was an email that I wrote as soon as I got home from school that day from Shell have it. And it was, uh, that was the day that I first learned that our school might not make it. Um, and it was about, almost exactly a month before um before the school closed down permanently before we found that out um so that was a hard day you know and uh and i think when i got this email and i read and i wrote the email in the second person uh to myself to my future self um talking about what it was like to go through the day and um and you know what the future you know expressing my anxieties about the future and I, th I think a lot of the uh, the PTSD. I think that's how I would describe it. I mean, a lot of uh, of emotions came back, and obviously, you know, it's been quite a year for many reasons. Uh, and um, you know, there have been uh, good things and bad things. Uh, I'm extremely thankful for how this year turned out. Uh, and I think just you know, the combination of like that that full circle timing of Purim, and then also the full circle timing of this email that I had forgotten about that caused all these emotions to flood back, kind of got me thinking. And I, I was thinking, my mind went to the thing that I guess the conjunction of the two associations led me to this uh, phrase from Seneca that I just read. And it was actually I it took me a while to track it down because the only part that I had recorded in my my collection of quotations was that statement about the craftsman that when they asked him what the trouble was, he took over a piece of craftsmanship where it never would reach more than a few people. And he said, a few is enough for me, so is one, so is none. So that's something that really resonated with me even before I really got into Seneca. Because um, I'm, and I'm not saying this as like a, you know, uh, 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 for, for praise or degradation. I'm just saying like, this that's a really good characterization of my style of teaching. I mean, it does not matter to me whether I am teaching, uh, you know, uh, a class with hundreds of people or, you know, or teaching two people or one person. Uh, I prepare it the same way and I put in the same amount of energy and um, and I put in the same amount of care. And I think when I was thinking about the difference between where I was at last year and where I am this year, I thought about the difference in the scope of of the Talmudim that I had. And, and I say scope because it's just different numbers we're dealing with. I mean, you know, when I was in Shalhavit, where I taught for 10 years, I taught every single grade, I taught every single student, and I, on average, taught every student through the course of their high school for anywhere from six to 10 classes, you know, from ninth to 12th grade, you know, and, and I did this for many generations of students, you know, in, in that, you know, generations, quote unquote, in, in the school, you know, and, uh, you know, getting to, to teach and, 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 and facilitate the development of so many students over that amount of time on such a large scale with all of them and all the classes, that was a different thing. And, you know, and then now I am, uh, I am in yeshiva and, uh, at Lamdaha, obviously great students, but smaller scale, you know, 
And one of the things that kind of, uh, you know, came to me on, on, on Purim, which I did express to many of my students is really that like, you know, uh, I, I wish I could have expressed it to all my students, but those were the only ones who, you know, who who I, I thought of to, to tell at the moment who were there. They really made my my year, you know, and uh, and I realized I was just, you know, this when I was thinking about these ideas, I just realized that like, yeah, like yes, I taught tons of students in in the past ten years, and I'm teaching relatively fewer now in person at least. Um, and, but it's the same, I mean, it's the same in the sense that I'm teaching in the same way and I'm putting just as much as uh, energy and, and, and care and love into these students as I had with my, my dozens of students, hundreds of students in the past. And it reminded me of the Rambam, his, the conclusion of his chapter, um, in the Mishnah Torah in Hilchus Talmud Torah chapter five. So the main part of the chapter is about the mitzvah of Kavod HaRav, of honoring your rabbi. Uh, but then he concludes by saying, just as students are obligated uh, in the covet of their rav, so too the rav should have, should have covet for his students and draw them near. Chazal say, let the covet of your students be as dear to you as the covet of your colleague. A rav must be careful with his students and love them, for they are the offspring who benefit him in Olam Hazeh and Olam Haba, in this world and the world to come. Students increase the wisdom of the rav and broaden his mind. Chazal say, much wisdom have I learned, more from my colleagues than my rabbis, but I have gained the most from my students. Just as a small piece of kindling can ignite a bonfire, so too even a small student sharpens the mind of his rav and draws forth wondrous wisdom through his questions. And I just, you know, when I was thinking about all these thoughts tonight, I was thinking just about how grateful I am for the, you know, the students who I've I've had, you know, the privilege to teach, you know, this year, uh, you know, years past, but especially this this tough year. Whew, getting emotional here. Um, and uh, what else was I going to say? Now I lost my train of thought. Um, and, oh, and then I was going to say, I mean, that's when it hit me of, yes, although I'm only teaching a few students, you know, live and in person, I mean, one of the huge changes this year has been the fact that I've been able to, you know, start these podcasts and the WhatsApp group and the YouTube channel and teach you know, in or at least offer my, my what I what I have to offer, <laughs> uh, whether you call it teaching or not, uh, offer it to all of you. You know, and uh, even though I don't get a chance to interact with you, and that's why sometimes you know it kind of feels like I, I'm I'm throwing stuff into the void. Like I know you're out there, and uh, it means a lot to me that you're out there, and um, and you know, and you know, sometimes uh, you know, and, and that last statement from Epicurus, I write this not for the many but for you. Each of us is enough of an audience for the other. That also really resonates with me. And like, and, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I, I went into teaching, you know, for myself, you know, because I knew that I would gain more from learning. But as Seneca started off this conclusion, when he says, uh, however, that I may not today have learned exclusively for myself, I shall share with you these three excellent sayings. I mean, that's kind of how I feel about my teaching. Like I'm learning for myself, but part of me learning for myself is sharing it with you. And you are what makes it so good for, for me. And, uh, it's, I'd say it's a mutually beneficial relationship. So, uh, I guess this, this, uh, this episode is dedicated to, um, to all of my Talmudian, you know, especially this year. And I, I include those who I teach in person and, uh, and all of you out there who, who listen to this and who support me, whether, you know, whether, <laughs> whether financially through the Patreon or just by, you know, or by your contributions or by your friendship or by, you know, the learning that we do together, uh, you know, in, in person or from afar. So um, I just wanted to thank you and express that while I was still feeling these emotions tonight.